Hello, I'm Julian Gwillem. Welcome to another episode of Aprio Voice. In this episode, Alan Argyle speaks to Chris Boerter from online reputation management consultants Get Closure, with whom Aprio has a close working relationship. Alan and Chris touch on many topics, including the democratization of communication, how best to deploy online resources, ideal response times, cyber squatting, and much more. Hi, Chris. So there can be no doubt that social media has profoundly changed the way we manage and lead crises these days. Practically, how has it made that impact now that everyone's a broadcaster? Everyone can reach into their pockets, pick out a cell phone, and broadcast an opinion to pretty much the entire internet. And so that's democratized the space for public relations professionals uh, in, in quite a profound way. 10, 15 years ago, you didn't have to worry that you'd have to respond to the man in the street on a public platform, and now you do. So that's the first uh, and pretty fundamental change. The second related change is that our expectation for speed of response has changed dramatically in that time as well. We now live in a far more instant space where we want quick responses, quick answers, quick information. The new cycle is greatly abbreviated. In the old days, we used to talk about the golden hour, that you needed to get some kind of communication out in the first 60 minutes. Obviously, that's changed. If, if the individual on the other side of that tweet is worthy of a response, are we talking seconds, minutes? What's the model response time? Well, listen, I think there are different types of responses we can talk to here and different types of, of, of problems. There are customer queries, the same way I'd have normal complaints uh, service. Uh, you know, what time is a store open? Do you have this in that size? I've been overcharged for data. I think there, 30 minutes to an hour is still a pretty good guideline. When things are more serious, when there are allegations made, you don't ever want to rush a response. You want to get those responses to serious issues right. I don't think there's necessarily a golden hour if you can respond in that time, you can often draw this thing. But it's probably more worthwhile to make sure you get the correct response out than to rush something. The source of that post, obviously very important. I've seen some multinationals have empirical measures. If the individual has 10,000 or more followers, for example, then we start getting really concerned. Is that a practical approach? Is it realistic? Alan, one size doesn't fit all in the situation. I think there are some companies that use a number of followers as a guide for influence, but the reality is that influence is just one of the metrics that one needs to consider when deciding how to respond to a particular post. Someone with a lot of followers on paper potentially has, has a, a great deal of reach, but the reality is that there are people with a great deal of offline influence who often have a mere handful of followers. But the fundamental lesson of social media as well that we, we see companies repeatedly making mistakes around is the fact that someone can have a mere handful of followers, a couple of dozen, and still reach a massive audience. If they post about a sensitive topic, it's picked up at the right time, it can get out of hand pretty quickly. How does one distinguish them between sort of this, the lone wolf, the vexatious troll who's coming after you, where presumably you shouldn't drop everything and, and allocate lots of management time and energy to a response? Well, people have a bit of a track record, to be quite honest, and often you can determine from their histories how they engage with a particular brand online. They are definitely repeat offenders. In much the same way as in the old days, you'd have people who would um, you know, claim that they received another cockroach in another 
chocolate that they kept on buying and have to send back in and, and expect the big box of replacement chocolates. In much the same way, uh, you'd see some people taking chances on, on social media, and that's always something one needs to be aware of. There are sometimes people who take chances from a greater reputational perspective these days, and you've always got to be live to how likely the claim is that it in fact took place. And so you treat everything with a certain degree of circumspection, but at the same time acknowledging that you could really have made quite a boo-boo. And your firm would be able to sort of identify those legacy posts, would be able to identify the history of that individual and whether they are worthy of a response or should be ignored. Well, our starting position is that most customers need a response. Uh, if they're asking a legitimate question, if they're asking a legitimate query, if they have a legitimate claim, you need to respond to them. We're not in the business of ignoring people. I don't think that's what social media is really about for, for most brands. You do need to be on the lookout for people taking a chance. A couple of years ago, I suppose I learned a valuable lesson myself, uh, a major mining disaster. Small mine, no communications capability, certainly no social media presence, went viral on Twitter and suddenly... One Saturday afternoon, they were trying to launch a Twitter presence, found their handle had already been claimed by somebody else. And as soon as they started tweeting, who are these people? No track record. Are they the genuine mind involved here? Does that speak to no matter who you are these days, you better have some kind of media presence in case it hits the proverbial fat? I think that is a good guide, Alan, uh, the idea that you need to secure your brand on the different social media platforms. In much the same way as uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we were concerned about cyber squatting, the idea that people would you know, grab alanargyle.com and there'll be someone uh, impersonating you there. You don't want that to take place. And you want to secure a property, ideally with your, your brand name or, or something associated with it closely. Soon, you want to establish a, a presence there. Even if it's a small, irregular presence, it does indicate that uh, that's a legitimate profile and there'll be times when you'll need it. Now, one of the golden rules is you know, take it offline, I think, as quickly as possible if you can, engage in the offline environment. Also, you know, if people are, are posting hate speech, extremely prejudicial content, the temptation comes into censor to remove posts. When should one, how should one do that while still sort of maintaining good social media etiquette? There are two parts to your, your question there, and both of them uh, depend to, to a large extent on the brand and the tone that it looks to adopt and the positioning that it, that it has. So first of all, from a customer query perspective, uh, there are often things that one needs to take offline if you need uh, personal information, someone's ID number, telephone number, to contact them, uh, account details, things like that. You definitely want to have those conversations in an, in an offline space. So typically in the direct message function on Twitter or inbox on, on, on Facebook. Uh, but when they're asking a question that can have a public answer, you want to do that in a public space, uh, either when it's a comparatively small, low-key answer that can be a guide for other people who might have the same question, uh, so as minimizing the, the, the time involved in providing an answer, or if the query is serious and you want to show that you've responded, that you're not just trying to sweep it under the carpet, that you can own that response and be, you know, the whole story of justice being done and being seen to be done. And so in, this, in, the, in the social media space, that a, a response is not just given, but seen to be given and ownership seen to be taken. So that's from a query perspective. In terms of user behavior, brands approach it differently. Uh, some of them focus on the free speech aspect that you know you can say what you want on our page i think what we're predominantly speaking about here are our facebook pages and i think it's safe to say that a, a steady set of terms and conditions which say you know in the space this is effectively our property you, you need to behave in a certain way 
foul language is not appropriate, hate speech not appropriate, uh, any derogatory comments against against minority groupings or, or any groupings are not appropriate. And please don't chat about our competitors. You know, I think you were within your rights as well to say um, this is a space we're going to be talking about our brand. We're not going to be promoting competitors in the space. Sounds like you need a fair bit of resources to be doing this well, to be monitoring, to be posting regularly, particularly around a monitoring element. Can you do this casually in sort of a couple of hours a day, or do you need to have a professional monitoring and listening post out there? You know, Alan, I think it's always tempting to find the youngest person in the office and uh, to, to say that they're, they're the ones most savvy in the space. They're the ones who can explain to you what TikTok is. And uh, they've got, uh, you know, X number of thousand followers on, on, on Instagram. And so they're the right person. Realistically, uh, the risks involved here, again, dependent on the, on the, on the brand, far outweigh the cost savings of having a, a young person involved um, based purely on their age. Uh, and so real skills and expertise, people who can understand what it is that keeps your executives up at night, what the real risks are associated with being in this space, uh, I think are key to helping any uh, mature brand operate securely in social media. I think it was about 10, 11 years ago, I did social media policy guidelines for a number of government departments. You know, the big thing photographically was Flickr, it's no longer seems to be out there. Uh, you mentioned TikTok wasn't probably around two, three years back. Are some uh, established social media platforms perhaps going to be redundant in a few years? What are the big trends? Well, I think we've, we've reached a certain level of, of uh, maturity in the space. You know, 10 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, it was really emerging very quickly. Uh, it wasn't clear who the, who the winners were going to be. In the, certainly in the South African space, uh, there, there are some really well-established players. So there's WhatsApp, which is really a social media service, but one that doesn't pertain to this conversation because it, it, uh, it's ubiquitous. Everyone's got it, but it's not publicly available information that's posted on there. Uh, we've got Twitter, which uh, has a smaller footprint than some of its competitors, but has a very high influence level. So you have a lot of uh, influential people on there, a lot of media operators in particular. And because it's the most open network, it's the one where information can spread the fastest. Um, then we've got Facebook, which has got an enormous footprint. Uh, and, and Facebook as a business is the most successful in the space as well because Facebook owns Instagram. Uh, and together, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram would really be the starting point that you'd want uh, most businesses to have a, have a publicly facing space on. Then there's LinkedIn as well, which from a, from a corporate perspective and uh, from a, uh, a corporate brand perspective is probably the, the tidiest space to operate in. It's one where people are typically best behaved, but needs to be part of, of, of the mix um, that most corporates would look to put in place. YouTube, still relevant? Yes, but you need to be able to put content out that fits onto YouTube. And uh, that's often quite a bit of a stretch for, for a lot of companies to put out good content on YouTube. And that's what's got to fit with your brand, whether it gets the traction you need. But uh, certainly if, you've, if you're the, the sort of brand that's investing in tele television advertising and putting together good content, you, you definitely want to have a YouTube channel. Finally, textbooks for crisis leadership, many of them out there doesn't seem to be the one authoritative view on social media. Is it, is it too young? Is it too dynamic? Is it too ever-changing for us to have a, a playbook for the perfect way to handle a social media crisis? 
I think we've certainly learned some things over the past 15 years or so that uh, social media has been in the space. It's always evolving. And so uh, it's not a cookie cutter answer to how you get things right. But you know, no, no crisis ever is or ever was. There's certain principles what one has to have in place the same way you do with, with any uh, crisis. And you've ha- we've had to have those principles in pa- place for the past uh, decades already. It's clear in this space, you need to have a listening capability. You need to know when people are talking about you and your brand. End of story. That's a non-negotiable. Uh, you need to have an existing profile in place that allows you to respond to conversations so that when the proverbial does hit the fan, you're in a position to put the story right. And then you do need to have a bit of an understanding of how you'll respond, how the decisions will be made when the crisis hits. Who will make the calls? How will those calls be guided by existing policy? And who's going to be held accountable for making quick decisions? Again, it goes back to the, the primary driver of social. One of the biggest changes is the speed required. You, you can't sit in this for, for a long period of time. You need to know who's answerable to respond when. Thanks for joining sharing us. Thank you. Thanks for the time, Alan. Thank you for listening to Apria Voice, a podcast from the reputation, management and strategic communications professionals at the Apria Group. If you would like to find out more about the work we do, visit apria.co.za. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.